So we've talked about how the gospel writers are not primitive idiots, but very, very intelligent and intentional writers. If you're interested in hearing more about that, it's time to go off the top. Hey everybody, welcome back to Off The Top. Um, this is Tamise. I want to thank you all for uh, your patience with me. I've had a death in the family and I also had my comprehensive exams which kept me away from doing this segment for a little minute, but I'm back and I'm excited to jump back into the Gospels. Um, we talked about redaction, we talked about all kinds of criticisms, and we began to ramp up towards getting into the Gospels. I know that I did a Passion Week episode, and uh, now I want to go back to thinking about how we can connect uh, to each Gospel individually. We're going to start with Mark, um, but I thought it was important, this will probably be Mark's part A, uh, to think about some of the narrative tools that the writers of the Gospels use because I think it really enhances uh, what we get from the Gospels when we understand um, some of the tools that they use. And so um, a couple of the, we call this rhetorical criticism or or these could be literary devices, this whatever um, nerd term you want to use. But obviously one of the things is repetition. So. Um, particularly in Mark's gospel, he uses the word euthus, which just means immediately. Uh, he uses it like 152 times. Um, and so it's very clear that this is something that he is wanting to uh, use in his gospel for a reason. And we'll get to that when we, when we dive in. Um, chiasm is another thing. And basically this is just when there's a pattern between the ideas uh, that one of the gospel writers is trying to do. So you see John do this um, in John 1, um, the way that he talks about the word and it kind of, what's happening is it kind of descends into a main point or it kind of climaxes at a main point and descends from a main point. So think about like a horizontal or um, a horizontal hourglass figure. That's kind of what we're doing, what we're thinking about when we're thinking about chiasm. So they build to a point and then they descend to a point. There's this really weird word, I don't know why they call it, but it's called inclusio, and it just means a bookend that is connected by summary or theme. So it's like there are these um, boundary markers. So like think about in Luke, when Luke is talking about how Jesus grows in wisdom, he talks about it in Luke 2.40, and then he talks about it again in Luke uh, 252 and so in those things we see that there's this sort of um it's a summary thematic bookend type of situation um sandwiching is another thing that mark does but i'll get to that when we jump in to mark um the the nerdy term for that is inter intercalcation that's why it doesn't matter just say uh, sandwiching my favorite thing um that I love about the Gospels is the use of symbolism. And so symbolism, everybody knows symbolism is like when you use one term to substitute or stand in for another term. And so um, Jesus uses a ton of, of symbolism in his parables, which is why I think he's so amazing, um, because it, it kind of gives a sense of um, dignity to the reader. Um, and so 
a symbol metaphors for example that's a that's a type of symbolism a metaphor would be something like um direct like you are the light of the world or um um you are a city on a hill um and so we know that i know that i'm not a city <laughs> sitting on a hill that's a metaphor right so a metaphor is a more direct way of uh making the point whereas similes are things like and he looked over the crowd and he saw that they were like sheep. And so usually with similes, you hear the word like. Um, so those are some ways that we do symbolism. And then there's parables, which is basically a whole short story or narrative that has a symbolic meaning. So the whole meaning of the whole story is symbolic. Um, and the kingdom was like a woman who... Um, lost a coin and she searched all over the house and when she found the coin she was super excited about it that is definitely a parable and the whole meaning of that is symbolic um so another thing that i think makes jesus a genie would be it, it would fall i don't think well it might fall within symbolism but it's more about these sort of ironies that happen so there's situational irony which is like um think about um I think this is the most amazing because irony is something that I think we find really, really funny today. I mean, we use memes and all of those types of things. And so irony is all over the Gospels. So like, for instance, think about when Jesus is on the cross and the Roman um, soldiers um, put the... Um, put the sign above his head saying this is the king of the jews well the, the irony here is that no king is ever exalted like this like we don't treat kings like this and so it's the irony that the king of the jews would conquer through death right and that's the whole story there the the sermon on the mount is irony um and so the person being defeated is actually the one that's winning that's a situational irony um and then like jesus will use some verbal ironies like you say that you are the teacher of israel but you can't tell me how to be born again like these are the ironic it's shade basically and it's all over um all over the gospels it's a really powerful rhetorical device and so we'll see a lot of that um as we jump in and get more particular with the each with each of the gospels but i thought it would be cool because i will be calling these words out in the midst of our study of these gospels and it i thought it'd just be helpful for you to know or have some things to reference when we do that so this was a really quick one we're going to get into mark next thank you guys for uh staying with us and that was off the top I just wanted you to know Swiss told me let the beat rock